Around the clock, planning, working hard, staying late to finish, missing out on time with their families, debating back and forth on how something should look or how it should feel while the product is being made, this product that they love so much. Drawing up charts, asking for more time on some days or finishing early on other days and then all the different stress and all the things that go into it. But on that last day, the payoff comes. And all the hard work, all the long nights, all the back and forth and sacrifice and frustrations and highs and lows, it's all worth it when the finished product comes off the line and you can see it. Finished, brand new, worth it. Worth it all. Now imagine that a worker walks up to this finished product that he has put so much into and he holds it in his hands and looking at it with tears in his eyes, he says, this is good. And then he throws it in the trash and walks away. Something is wrong with that picture, right? Because you immediately begin to say, you spent, you threw it away. You've spent all this time You've sacrificed, you've put your heart into making this, you've made this, you can't just throw it away. And you're right. Because you know in your heart that when things are made, they aren't supposed to be thrown away. Things that are made have a purpose. And this is true for everything. If it won't be used, then it won't be made. Make sense? If it's made, it's going to be used for something. If it's made, it has a purpose. And you were made. Which means you have a purpose. In Psalm 139, verse 13, David says to God, Psalm 139, 13, David says to God, You formed me. You knit me together. Think about how close attention you have to pay when you're doing something like that. You knit me together in my mother's womb. So you need to listen real quick here. According to God, you are not, listen to me, according to God, you are not the random result of chemicals and interactions. You are not just floating on a breeze like Forrest Gump tells us. I'm not hating. I like that movie a lot, but he's wrong. According to God, he spent time, energy, and attention on you to make you. Your life is not pointless. Your life is not even random. That was so random. No, it wasn't. Your life is not pointless. Your life is not random. Listen to this one. Your life is not even totally up to you. And that's good news. You were made, which means you have a purpose. You were made with a purpose. And we're going to talk about that. Genesis is the Greek word for beginning. That's where it comes from. And we call this book Beginning. It gets its title from the first three words. Help me out. In the beginning. Good, Brooks and friends. In the beginning. 
You see, Genesis is important because it doesn't just tell us that we were made, which it does, which is already, it doesn't just tell us that we were made. It tells you why you were made. What is, what is your purpose? What, what were you made for? What is it that when you realize it, this is what purpose is. What is it that when you realize it, everything else in your life starts to make sense? God tells us the answer to that in Genesis. What is this thing in my life that I need that when I finally get it figured out, everything else will begin to fall into place? Everything else will start to make sense. It's not going to be easy, but it will begin to make sense. You'll begin to see it. God tells us in Genesis. We're starting a series uh, tonight that I've been working on for over a year, and it's called The Whole Story, with the, the art and such. It's called The Whole Story. In it... I want to show you that the Bible is not just a collection of teachings and stories. It's one big story. The story of how man was separated permanently from God. And how God came to pull us back. It's a story of how God was in love with us and we left. But God stayed in love with us. And He's vowed to get us back. At the cost of his son, the beautiful for the dirty, he became dirty so that we could become beautiful again like we were in Eden, like we were in Genesis. All the way back in Genesis, God lost us and he has vowed to get us back. That is the whole story. On Monday, I did something that I don't know that I've ever done. I got online and googled the Billboard Hot 100. Okay? These are the 100 most popular songs right now, none of which will ever be played in this building. Um, but they're the, they're the 100 most popular songs in culture right now. 91 of them were love songs. 91 out of 100 were songs either about love or attraction, both appropriate and inappropriate. But 91 out of 100, that's ridiculous. But here's the thing. Do you ever wonder, and you probably haven't, but stop and think about this for a second. Do you ever wonder why love stories are so powerful? Why do we care so much about songs about love or songs about attraction? Before music even existed, there were poems and writings about love and affection for for someone else. Since, since the very beginning, why? Why do we care so much about and enjoy love songs so much? Because the ultimate love story is imprinted on your heart. You are missing something. Something that your family, your family lost in the Garden of Eden. And that something is God who you've been separated from. That's why love stories hit us so hard. Because when we hear a love song or when we watch any kind of movie where two characters fall in love and it works, you know at the bottom of your soul something, something in that story feels like home. A home we were meant for but forgot. The reason it hits you so hard 
follow this. The reason, but why does it hit you so hard? The reason it hits you so hard is because the ultimate love story between two persons is imprinted on your soul. The love story between you and the one you have forgot. And you hear his echo everywhere you go. The love story between Jesus and you. And every second of your day, you are acting out this love story, whether you want to or know it or not. All things happen. All things happen to draw Jesus' bride closer to him. The very fabric of your day, the very things, all the little events that make up your day, the very fabric of your day is built on Jesus running after you. Everything that happens in your life is Jesus making a different move to get to you. And it all started when Eden was lost. Another one. All stories have a problem and a resolution, right? Books, movies, whatever, all plays, all stories, got my theater kids in here, all stories have a problem and a resolution, right? And we love it. We do. We absolutely love that. Nobody in here wants to watch a movie called Happy, where they're all happy, the end, and that's it. And there's always like one of you in here that's like, well, I would watch it. You would. And you get bored after like a week and a half. And you'd be like, this movie should be called Lame. Because it's lame. It's not happy. It's stupid. It's lame. Because it's boring. This is why I'm talking to you about this, okay? All stories have a problem and a resolution, and we love that. We love conflict and the resolution. It can't just end with conflict. It's got to be wrapped up. That's what's satisfying. That's what feels good. Yeah, but go a level deeper. You've got to start learning to go a level deeper. Why, though? Why is it so satisfying with conflict and resolution? Because the ultimate conflict is imprinted on your soul. Every story of love lost and found, every story of victory and defeat is a tiny, minuscule reminder of the day the ultimate defeat happened and the ultimate victory was promised. That's imprinted on you. That's stained into us. The real reason we love stories is because in all stories we hear echoes of Eden. Like, hearing, like when you hear music coming from another room, and so the words aren't coming through as clearly, right? That's what's going on in your heart. That's why love stories and stories of defeat and victory matter. That's why they matter so much to you. Because you have some heaven in you. Some Eden in there. God's hand, God's hand that made you, you have His fingerprints all over you. So do all your atheist friends, by the way. They were also made by God. And they miss Eden too. Even if they don't know it. Even if they don't know that that's what they're missing. We all long to be back with God. To fill that hole. For the echoes to stop so we can hear the real thing. And we fill that hole with everything. From boys to girls to clothes to toys to accomplishments. But it's not enough. 
The global entertainment, little math here for you, the global entertainment industry made two million, billion, trillion dollars in 2013. Why, though? Why would entertainment make that much money? Because fixing the ultimate problem is etched into our soul. That's why movies draw you in. Because when the good guy wins, something at the bottom of your soul says, that's the way it's supposed to be. But why does your soul rejoice like that? Because we had that all the time with God, and we lost it in the Garden of Eden. That's what your soul really longs for in love stories. That's what your soul really longs for in the movies. To go back to Eden, where it was just you and God. And that's what your soul wants right now, really. To go back to where it was just you and God. To walk with God like Adam did. Turn to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Part of the whole story is I'm going to take you guys in a way through the entire Bible, okay, in a semester. And we're going to start in Genesis chapter 1. So Genesis 1 verses 1 through 5, okay. Genesis is literally the easiest book in the Bible to find, okay. But if you can't, just reach out and my leaders kind of be on the lookout around you. Look for these middle schoolers. Middle school, we good? You found it? You all set? Okay. Don't freak out. It's okay. Um, here we go. Genesis 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the dark. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning. One day. Okay, we're going to meet this God who was there before the beginning in just a second. But let me take a little side road here. And I don't really know why this was so adamant that I tell you this, but it, I really think it, it, needs, it needs to be said. Um, God creates the earth and the first step is creating day and night. Catch that? Here's why I'm bringing this up. We have been, myself included, we have been so poisoned by Hollywood and television to believe that nighttime is scarier than the daytime. Nighttime, that was not intentional, nighttime is apparently when God kind of gets weaker, like loses his powers, and the forces of darkness get stronger. And you believe that too, because if you're watching a scary movie, and in the movie it becomes nighttime, you think, oh no, right? And, but if it's daytime in the movie, you can, okay, you can relax, do your thing, but if it's nighttime, you kind of, here we go, right? Because apparently, at night, all the bad things happen and come out. But guys, look, key in here. According to the Bible, that is just not true. And we know that, first of all, from right here. Listen, God created night and separated it from the day, which means God took darkness, God took night, and put it where it belongs, put it in its place, gave it order. 
Night is not outside of God's control. Listen to Psalm 139, verse 12. Psalm 139, 12 says, Even the darkness is not dark to you, Lord. The night is bright as the day. For darkness is the same as light to you. To God, darkness and light are the same. There is no time where God is less powerful or where God is paying less attention. You get Jesus was born at night. Okay? That should be the ultimate tip-off that night has no power over God's plans. That darkness has no power over God's plan. Psalm 121.4 says, He who watches over Israel will never slumber nor sleep. Some of you guys are in 6th grade. We have a lot of new young faces here. And some of you guys are 6th grade and some of you guys are old pros. You've been here for a while. And you all need to hear this, okay? I don't hate television. I li- Amen. I like television, okay? I like movies. But you've got to hear me when I say this from the youngest to the oldest. Don't let what you've seen on TV determine how you see the world. Don't let what you've seen on TV determine how you see the world. This is who I'm supposed to be as a young girl because this is what I see on television. This is how I'm supposed to be as a man because this is what's on television. This is what marriage is supposed to look like. This is what relationships look like because I saw it on TV and I see it all the time. Be be so careful. Let the Bible determine how you see the world. Your sin is the real evil, according to the Bible. That's the battle that we face no matter what time it is. Don't be concerned. Listen to me. Don't be concerned by a specific time. Be concerned with your sin all the time. Night or day, it doesn't matter. Don't be concerned with a specific time. Be concerned with your sin all the time. How can I fight this? How can I bring other people into this? How can I go move? I'm being tempted in my room, so I need to move into the family room and just sit around people. I don't have to tell them what's going on. I just need to be around people. Get my mind off this. You see what I'm saying? Don't focus on a specific time. Focus on your sin all the time and how to fight it. God invented and brought order to night and day. He is with you all 24 hours of your life. Take comfort in that. Rest in that. Because you just, we just, you go crazy at night. You do. And not just like I'm scared of, I don't know, whatever kids are scared of these days, okay? I don't know. But like, that's when you, that's when you lay in your bed and you get on Instagram and you start to wander off, fellas, into things that are not good. You hit the search bar and it's just over. And ladies, you begin to get different ideas about what it means to be a girl and what it means to be a woman created by God. Because you see different things that are not in this book. But it's so tempting and it just pulls you out. And that happens so... I mean, it happens in the day. I'm no fool. But it happens at night so much. And it's so easy to let that determine our reality because it's the last thing we see before we go to bed. Work through that. Come to us about that. Let's let's walk through this together and... Remember that God is in control over you, resting with you at night and in the day. All right, we're done with that. 
done with that part, okay? Point number two. Um, let's go back to verse 1 for just a second, okay? Verse 1. Genesis 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So you have the heavens and the earth in the beginning, but before that is God, right? Make sense? God created the heavens and the earth. So before they were there, God was there. There are people in here, like I've said multiple times, there are people in here of so many different ages, right? But you don't have to be young enough or old enough to appreciate a good song, right? To appreciate good music, okay? There are songs that, that like, they, they lift your spirits, whatever they are, and they just, while you're listening to that song, you just enjoy life, right? For those few minutes that it's on. You're just loving everything when that song is on. There are songs, there, and, and I'm guilty of this too, and all guys in here are, whether they admit it or not. There are sad songs, right, that are really sad. Like, what is happening? But, but these sad songs, they really get in there, and they pull out every part of your heart. They really do. Music, regardless of what type it is, there are just certain songs with us, whether they're cheesy or or serious or not there are songs that we love there's music that stirs our soul do you remember do you know why though why does music do that what makes music so powerful here it is it's the harmony all the different, here's what I mean by harmony, all the different instruments and singers and notes all working and edited down into perfect union together. That's what makes us say in our hearts and out loud when we hear it. That's what makes us say, this is awesome. This is beautiful. Wow. And this awesome, wonderful harmony that we hear in music, guys, it's pointing back. It's pointing back to something even better. It's pointing back to the ultimate harmony in the beginning. That's why harmony attracts you so much because something in your soul says, this is, this is right, this is good. Why is this right? Why is this good? Because it's stained on your heart from the perfect harmony of Eden before the beginning to the perfect harmony of the Trinity. One God, harmoniously connected in three persons. Perfect harmony is found in God. So He is the inspiration of all harmony. That's why heaven is going to be so wonderful. Imagine a song that is perfect. And unlike every other song on this world, this song only gets better the more you hear it. That's what Eden was like with God before Adam's sin. And that's what Christ died to bring back. I don't know if you've ever thought about it before like this, but think about it this way. When, when Jesus came to earth, the music started to play again. That's what the healing was for. It's the music coming back into the world. It's the harmony coming back into the world through Christ and that's what happens when you place your faith in Jesus. The mu something in here, we've done this, this like a million times, something in here shifts. And the music starts to come out of your heart again. 
That's the music happening here in Genesis. Let's do another example of harmony, just other than music. You know those days when you're hanging out with your friends and it's just like the best? You know what I'm talking about? When you just have an absolute blast and you guys are having fun just being together. This happened to me uh, in high school. I would always, me and like six of us, um, several of them will be groomsmen in my wedding, March 24th, so excited. Um, they'll be groomsmen in my wedding, but it's, it's, there was probably six of us, and we would go to my friend Jazz Wilkins' house, okay? And we would go to her house, and we would, every, every Friday night, this is what we, did, we would go down into her basement, and we would all just either, they would, her family would order pizza for us every Friday, and we would either watch movies or just talk. You know what I'm talking about? Like, we would just talk. It was nothing crazy. It was nothing like, um, it was nothing special, but those were my favorite times growing up. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like when you're with your friend, you're literally, you're just laughing or talking or joking. About, you're not doing anything cool. Like you're just laughing and joking together and you don't want it to end. It gets later and later and later and you find yourself in the back of your head saying, man, I hope nobody else comes in and I hope nobody has to leave because that's going to throw this off, Right? Why is that so wonderful? It is wonderful, but why? It's harmony. Your hearts and your words just flow together. You're in it. You are a part of harmony in that moment. Now, imagine a harmony so wonderful that the harmony you have with your friends, this sweet harmony, just becomes an afterthought. No big deal compared to this new harmony you found this new harmony that makes hanging out with your friends so much slower, this new harmony that's so much sweeter, the universe started with that. It started with God in the Trinity. The beginning of the universe, so this is important to understand, because I think sometimes we get this twisted. The, The beginning of the universe did not start with loneliness. God was not lonely. He was literally in the perfect relationship. It wasn't a desire to rule. He didn't try to create somebody so he could just have power over them and rule over them. He doesn't need that. It was love. The beginning, the source of it all is this perfect happiness and harmony that pours out into other things. That's what love is. The center of the universe, the beginning of all creation started in love. A desire to love. And you can see it. You can see it. Middle school, high school, you can see this play out in real life. People say all the time how amazing our planet is. How all the systems of weather and sea and land and sky, how they all work together. But why do they all work together? Because of the perfect harmony that they came from. They were created out of God. Out of perfect harmony. So of course they're going to work together. It all traces back to the Creator. This makes sense. One scientist called, now let's talk about you. One scientist called the human body, the way the body works, he called it a symphony. And he was not far off. Your body and all its systems work together. They all work in unison because because that's just the way it is. Are you kidding? Because you, help me out, you were created in the image of... God, you were created in the image 
of perfect harmony. That's why you love these hanging out with friends where it just flows and music where it's beautifully crafted and why your body works so all these systems together all the time perfectly. But why? Because they're connected to perfect harmony. They're connected to God. You were created by God in love to join Him in this harmony. That was Adam's purpose and that is your purpose. You were created out of perfect harmony to join Him in perfect harmony. To be welcomed as a bride, to be welcomed as a prince into perfect harmony. Perfect union, the perfect wedding with your Creator. That's your purpose. Harmony restored, that's your purpose. You see, last thing here. You see, when we obey God's law, when we do as He asks, when we step out in faith to follow Jesus, you're not just lining up your mind with a set of beliefs. You are dancing with a person. Have you ever thought about following God that way? You're not just, okay, I'm deciding to do this. You are joining in a dance with a real person, and His name is Jesus. Rules that God gives are not boring, angry things to worry about. They are steps in part of a perfect harmony that leads to perfect joy. That's why God's Word is so important. That's why being here to learn it is so important. Because true joy is found, true purpose is found in God. True joy is found in your true purpose, and your true purpose is found in God. So God is the key to your joy. He's where you come from. And when you figure that out, everything begins to fall into place. The gospel, we talked about this at beach camp. The gospel is grace, peace, and rescue through Jesus Christ. Eden comes back to earth when we place our faith in Jesus. Because when you do that, you're walking with God. And who else did that? Adam in the Garden of Eden. That perfect harmony is restored. You are created for the purpose of walking with God. That's why you were born. That's why you were made. It's what you've been meant for since Genesis 1. Listen, 6th grade... 7th, 8th, high school. Come back to the garden. Return home. Don't just, I agree to align myself with... No, come in to the dancing and the singing and join your Creator where you were meant to be. Literally. Come back to the garden and walk with God. Taste His forgiveness. Come in like the prodigal son. Come in and hear the music clearly. Stop being satisfied with echoes and muffled noises. Come hear the music clearly and let Him wash over you. Forgiven. Harmony. Through Jesus. Let's pray together.